From the heart of the Carolinas, a voice in the wilderness, a thought-provoking broadcast in a world of ignorant nonsense. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you. Huh. How do I possibly begin today's program? Yesterday, we had a pretty uh, <laughs> momentous day in the political world. You saw something happen that has not happened in about 100 years. A person who attempted to become Speaker of the House, it bombed out. Big time. It was a, <laughs> I think it was Carl Rove referred to this as unmitigated disaster. As you know, on this program, I've been quite clear. I am not a fan of Kevin McCarthy. This man needs to go pound sand. And I'm more convinced of that today than I was yesterday. I want to again shout from the housetops. My highest praise for Ralph Norman, who joined us on yesterday's broadcast. Also, my friend Dan Bishop, right here in North Carolina, who has the courage to stand up and say no to Kevin McCarthy. These guys are patriots. And I want to say to you, no matter how this turns out, I appeal to you. I'm not, a, I'm not here to endorse candidates. But I'm speaking from the bottom of my heart. Please stand with these folks. Just a hand few who've dared to step away from the pack and say, hell no, to Kevin McCarthy. I really don't want to start there on the broadcast today, and I will not. <laughs> because I want to communicate something else. So many times when I begin this broadcast, my heart is to start off on a tone that is encouraging, that is inspiring, and that goes to a place that brings us together. If I look at the last couple of days, it's really tragedy that's brought us together more than anything else. What's been the one unifying event that we've observed in this week that's brought Americans together? One name, Damar Hamlin. The horrible incident that occurred on Monday Night Football. That's where I begin today. And there's a very important reason that I begin here. I've had a number of interesting conversations, including yesterday evening. I don't even know. I, w I was talking with a person I know. I see from time to time. I don't even know where he is politically. But I was on a roll. And, and I don't know if anybody who knows me. I have these times where I just get on a roll of communicating what amounts to a monologue and I don't think I'm being 
in any way exaggerating by what I'm saying to you now. But it was intriguing to me because the person who was there, it was like he was glued to every word I was saying. I'm not sharing this with you because I'm telling you I'm this brilliant person who is captivating and I'm saying this to you because I could tell he was listening and he was connecting with everything that I was saying. What I was talking about, what I was talking about was reality of where most Americans are. Like my friend, my person I was talking with yesterday evening, he has had a history of health problems, mainly diabetes. He's working his rear end off to provide for his family. His wife working her rear off, rear end off to provide for the family. And we were just talking about the challenges of our economy, inflation, how it's eating away at our spending power. And contrasting this, by the way, I should say, he brought up the subject of politics because he saw I was looking at all of this spectacle regarding Kevin McCarthy. It's like, you really are enjoying this. And I was also texting with a couple of members of Congress yesterday evening. I'll tell you more about that later on. And he just found it amusing. But it led to me making some very strong declarations. And then what amounted to almost a monologue that I delivered that he was in full agreement with. Because he basically, where so many Americans are, is convinced that most people who in Washington, D.C. do not care about you. They're not tuned in to what matters to you, what is a concern to you. They're focused on something else. Do you pass this omnibus bill? And again, I'm very quick to defend McCarthy on this because he was against the omnibus bill. But do you have any sense or grasp or understanding of what's really going on when you do things like this? Of course not. So I go back to where I started. What has brought America together in this week? It's what happened Monday Night Football. And what's happening now is you have millions of people around the country play, praying for the recovery of DeMar Hamlin. Chris, do we have that audio ready of a powerful moment on NFL Live? And we have ESPN football analyst and former football player Dan Orlovsky. And he did something very, very brave <laughs> on live television, which is to pray, to pray for yeah. DeMar Hamlin. Listen up. The plexiglass screens up uh, between the cashier and the checkout. The crowds were not crazy. Oops. What do we have there? Paper. Oh, uh, for some reason, um, we don't have... 
we're going to come to this after the break because I really, um, I think this is important. One of the things that I, I, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this. I think we're at a place in our history where now more than ever, it's vital. It's important that we do things we've never done before. I don't think it's standard fare on television, whether it's a news show or a radio show or certainly a sports show, for someone to take a moment to pray. We saw this on display. We've seen this many times over the last couple of days as people are stepping away from all of the things that normally capture our attention. And we're putting our minds and our hearts in a place where, well, (laughs) our hearts and minds have needed to be there for quite some time. We'll talk about this as we continue our broadcast. Stay with us. So for the break, I told you the unifying event for America occurred Monday night, Monday night football. And that's the tragic events that occurred on the field with Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin, who remains in critical condition. And I would encourage you to continue prayers for him. This was a really special moment that occurred on NFL Live. I want you to listen to ESPN football analyst and former football player Dan Orlovsky. Listen up. Football gave me everything. You know, and I think even through the midst of absolute tragedy last night, I think you saw some of the beauty of football mm-hmm. as well, that it's brought us all here together. Um, you know, like, this is a little bit different. I heard, I've heard it all day, like, thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say, like, we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want to, it's just on my heart that I want to pray for it is. DeMar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that your God and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad, we're angry, um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray, truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up DeMar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 It's beautiful. Respectfully. Isn't that awesome? And it's not just the prayer, but it's the reaction to this over social media, several sports fans, commentators, commending Orlovsky and the live prayer for Hamlin on Twitter is powerful. Outkick sports writer Mark Harris, Dan Orlovsky, didn't just send off a praying for DeMar Hamlin tweet. He paused during NFL Live, bowed his head, and prayed, powerful, brave, and genuine. This is powerful as it gets. Praying on national TV probably wasn't an easy thing to do. But Dan Orlovsky did it. Did exactly that. Let's all follow his example and keep praying for Hamlin. Faith on the Field host. 
Rob Motti wrote, Proud of you, bro. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there among you. An entrepreneur tweeting out, shout out to Dan Orlovsky for not just saying thoughts and prayers, but actually stopping NFL Live to bow his head, close his eyes, and pray for DeMar Hamlin. Kudos to you. The rally host, Brooke Fletcher, commenting, power of prayer. I've never seen anything like this before. Dan Orlovsky just prayed for DeMar Hamlin live on ESPN moments ago. Teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Professor Denny Burke posting that. Folks, this is the kind of moment that has brought people together with hearts that are focused on God, on others. That's what makes it so powerful. Before I talk about Kevin McCarthy, I want to talk about the Republican Party. At this moment, for now, I'm a Republican. I'm a Republican because I believe in the Republican platform. Let me give you an analogy. <laughs> and these can be give, I know they can be very dangerous to give analogies because they're not always perfect. I think I've communicated to you that I'm a Christ follower, not a perfect one. I believe in the scriptures, believe what is taught in the word of God. I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe it's the power of God to salvation as is proclaimed in the scriptures. But I can also tell you that I don't believe that much of the American and Western Christian, so-called Christian church, believes the gospel. I don't. The analogy I'm giving here is, it's one thing to make a profession, it's another thing to have possession. And just as I am very concerned about what's happened to the church in the Western world, I'm concerned about the Republican Party professing something it does not possess. Why does the Republican Party exist in the first place? How did this party come about in just a few f short years and basically blow out the Whig Party? How did it happen? It's thing called abolition. There were people who had a fire in their belly. They understood we were at a point in history we needed to get rid of slavery. This was the driving issue behind the formation of the Republican Party. Now, if you want to know about the Democrat Party and its association with slavery, I strongly encourage you to read it because the Democrat Party is slavery. It was slavery. It is slavery today. We can break that down another time. But right now I'm talking about the Republican Party. I was reflecting on this because of seeing some things going on in my personal life, to be honest with you. I had someone ask me several years ago, what is your why? Well, I'm saying this about the Republican Party. What is their why? But back in the 1800s, it was 
to abolish slavery. And we saw the beginning of the end of that with the Civil War, the leadership of Abraham Lincoln. This was an abolitionist party. This is one of the most significant, extraordinary accomplishments for this party, a gift to this nation, to push this issue along and see the liberation of millions. That was the beginning. One of the last great accomplishments of this party was advancing civil rights legislation. And a lot of people don't know this, and you would not know this from listening to the mainstream media or the educational system. But civil rights legislation passed because of Republicans, with a few Democrat votes. I think it's interesting. These are bookends that are very significant in this party. The abolition of slavery, civil rights legislation. And I don't know if I've said it this emphatically before. Aside from a few policy matters, I don't think this party has done a darn thing for this country that's significant since civil rights legislation. This party needs a why, because right now they don't have one. Zero. And they better resolve that before they figure out who needs to be speaker. That's the problem. We're going to talk more about this, and we'll get into the speaker controversy as we continue. Stay with us. So, think of all of the money that's floating out of Washington, D.C., your tax dollars. They're collecting more than ever. More than ever. And we just had this omnibus bill that was passed with all of the Christmas tree items that were thrown onto it. I want to give you a couple of pictures before I go back to what I shared during the last segment. We just saw President Joe Biden just a few minutes ago, he was speaking on the ongoing battle in the House to see who will become the Speaker of the House. I have no idea what he said. I'm going to try to find out what his comments were, but he's on the way to my former home state of Kentucky. And who is going to be there to greet him? Our good friend and yours. Senator Mitch McConnell, we're going to talk about doing things together for the American people. Mitch McConnell. Here's the headline, CNN. Biden heads to Kentucky to tout bipartisan infrastructure bill with Republican Senator Mitch McConnell. A rare scene set to unfold in Covington, Kentucky. President Joe Biden standing alongside Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell as the two men promote together a major bipartisan legislative accomplishment. The president's visit to McConnell's home state to herald the implementation of the massive $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill that McConnell and 18 other, you ready for it, Senate Republicans voted for, and that Biden signed into law in 2021, marks his first domestic trip of the year. 
aimed at sending an unmistakable message as he kicks off the second half of his first term. Even a newly divided Congress, the Biden White House still sees room for bipartisanship. The backdrop for the visit, the Brent Spence Bridge. Been over that a number of times. He connects Cincinnati, Ohio, with Covington, Kentucky. One of the busiest freight routes in the country. Officials say the structure carries far more traffic than it is meant to support. It's also a bridge Biden once promised he would overhaul. We're going to fix that darn bridge of yours going into Kentucky. He said this during a town hall in 2021. Why do I mention this? Because this is another one of those colossal wastes of money. I'm not saying fixing a bridge is a bad thing. But you know as well as I do, this bill is filled with pork. $1.2 trillion. And here you have Mitch McConnell, who's going to appear with Joe Biden to promote this nonsense. Who's representing you? Who's representing you? I told you what the Republican Party accomplished in the past. It had a why. This party does not have a why anymore. I really appreciate the words of Niger Farage. In fact, sometime this week, I need to replay for you the speech delivered by Nigel Farage from the UK Independence Party where he talked about the Uniparty how the Tories and the Liberals in the United Kingdom they basically have joined together with big business there's really little distinction between the political parties so when you hear bipartisan most of the time it's not something that's good they're joining together to waste your money that's what they're doing and serve whatever interests that they're trying to serve, mostly theirs and corporate interests. This is a party without a why. This is why you've got the mess that's going on in the nation's capital right now with Kevin McCarthy, who is determined he's going to stay in this battle. He's determined. And I, as I dare say it, you know how I feel about Donald Trump and his narcissism. I have to tell you, and you'll understand why when you hear him, as in Kevin McCarthy, why I'm more convinced today than I was yesterday that Kevin McCarthy needs to go. He needs to go. Because this is really about him. There's a point where we've just got to get out of the way. And when we become the problem, we have to have the humility to step aside and let somebody else come to the forefront. This is that time. This is that time. So, you know where Mitch McConnell is today. And I find it intriguing as well 
We have this story from The Hill. Trump calls for all Republicans to back McCarthy for speaker. What is wrong with this man? Former President Trump called on House Republicans to unite behind House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy for the speakership. Announcing early Wednesday, he's standing by McCarthy despite opposition from some hardline members of the party. Now, you're going to hear a little bit more about what hardline means. And see, this to me is another example of journalistic malpractice. Because the question again is, what is hardline? They never define what it is. Trump saying in a Truth Social post, some really good conversations were held Tuesday night and all House Republicans should vote for McCarthy. Close the deal and take the victory. Republicans do not turn a great triumph into a giant and embarrassing defeat. It's time to celebrate. You deserve it. Kevin McCarthy will do a good job. Maybe even a great job. Just watch. I'd rather not. This is... There's no logical reason on the planet why to support Kevin McCarthy. There isn't one. Do we have the audio for Kevin McCarthy, by the way, Chris? The um, Kevin McCarthy and his comments as he tries to, um, I guess, uh, what he's trying to do to deal with his wounds after being rejected. Not just once. Uh, we don't have time to get to this before the break, but coming up, I'm going to tell you what we're going to hear. We're going to hear from Kevin McCarthy, but we're also going to hear from someone I'm not necessarily a fan of. But I'll tell you what, she's right on the money in everything she's had to say about this speaker battle and what is at stake. Do not believe the propaganda. Do not believe the mainstream news media. And I'm telling you, don't even believe the Fox News Channel. These folks, and I'm a little disappointed in Brett Baer. Brett Baer, who I just praised the other day. Disappointment. You're going to hear why coming up. As you know, I appreciate every single one of you who is listening to this broadcast in the Carolinas. Uh, News Talk 1110 WBT also on 106.3 WORD in Greenville, South Carolina. And there are people listening, not just in the Carolinas, but beyond. A shout out down to the Magnolia State of Mississippi and Randall listening to this broadcast right now. I want to quickly go to Kevin McCarthy because I want you to listen to what he has to say before we go into reasons why those who are opposed to the speakership of Kevin McCarthy are standing their ground. I want you to listen to Kevin McCarthy and and I want you to judge for yourself. If you have a different view, call in and tell me or text in. I'd love to hear your reasons. But listen to what Kevin McCarthy had to say about coming back to battle another day. Here he is. 
And they even came to the position where one, Matt Gates said, I don't care if we go to plurality and we elect Hakeem Jeffries and it hurts the new frontline members not to get reelected. Well, that's not about America. And I will always fight to put the American people first, not a few individuals that want something for themselves. So we may have a battle on the floor, but the battle is for the conference and the country. And that's fine with me. Do you really believe this is a battle for the conference in the country? I don't believe that. I don't believe a word of that. I think this guy is a lying rascal. I really do. Let's get into some audio that I think you will find intriguing. I'm not a big fan of Lauren Boebert. I'm just being honest with you. But boy, she's on fire. And I found it really intriguing. A person I normally like watching, Brett Baer on the Fox News Channel. He was kind of badgering her. I've never seen him badger Kevin McCarthy or, or any of these other swamp creatures in Washington. I've never seen him badger Mitch McConnell. But boy, he was all over Lauren Boebert. And you'll hear a little bit of this. So first off, I want you to hear Lauren Boebert talk about what it is they want. Here she articulates what we want. The bottom line is unity in the Republican Party. We have been um, in negotiations with Kevin McCarthy since the summer. Unfortunately, in the summer when those negotiations began, we were not taken seriously because um, our our votes didn't seem to matter as much as they do in this slim majority now. Um, we have had increased conversations and I have been working for months behind the scenes to create unity. Uh, just last night, two colleagues and myself walked into to Kevin McCarthy's office and presented him a very common sense proposal, a deal that got him 218 votes, the gavel on the first ballot. And he smugly rejected that. And it was very common sense things like putting forward a border security bill, putting forward a term limits bill, having uh, a measure in place to where any member of Congress who offers an amendment to reduce the federal debt well, that's made in order. And there were so many other things that were common sense and even requests that he had made at us uh, of us that we presented to him. And uh, right now it is seeming uh, very difficult for Kevin McCarthy to come back around and pick up those votes that I had in hand for him last yeah. night. He's so, Congressman, let increased me, opposition. Let me you see how Brett Baer, he, he's just charmed to the bit. So here's what Brett Baer talks about. The critics are saying that these... <laughs> Members of Congress who are opposing McCarthy keep moving the goalpost. You know, how they've moved from five members to be able to offer no confidence in the Speaker now to just one member. By the way, that's what it's been historically. Just one member could make a motion to vacate the chair. Remember, Mark Meadows did it. That's how we got rid of John Boehner. Praise God for Mark Meadows. But they wanted to make sure this never happens again. This is what you do when you're a tyrant. Please understand that. And Brett Baer says, they consider this to be untenable for any leader. <laughs> untenable. And Boebert comes back. Hey, what we have now, McCarthy, is somebody who wants to follow Nancy Pelosi's lead. Listen. 
post um, that is uh, that is unattainable for him. Um, and with the single member motion to vacate, this has worked in the House of Representatives for nearly two centuries. Nancy Pelosi was the very first Speaker of the House to remove this check and balance that members have on the third in line to the presidency of the United States. And Kevin McCarthy wanted to continue with Nancy Pelosi's precedent and take accountability away from himself while asking for more responsibility. That is the one thing that I've been public on. I said, this is my hard line. We have to have accountability in the House of Representatives in order to have trust. And uh, without uh, without trust, it is vital that we have that accountability mechanism yeah. so and you're, personnel. You're- you see again, Brett Baer, he cannot shut up. Accountability. Please tell me, is this extremist? Is this right wing? These folks have lost their minds. They have. And the interesting thing is, to my understanding, this motion to vacate the chair, I don't know, this has been exercised for, what, how many decades? Maybe even 100, 150, 200 years? One time, folks. And you have somebody like Kevin McCarthy saying, nope. We're going to talk more about this. Our number two is straight ahead. Stay with us. From the heart of the Carolinas, a voice of reason, an oasis of civility and humanity. I'm on a journey, the pursuit of truth, not just facts to fill the head, but also life-changing power to change hearts and transform minds. A journey of relationship, to connect to people of goodwill everywhere, to build upon civil society, to transcend tribal divisions with timeless values and love. A growing coalition of choice, not coercion. Are you with me? This is the Vince Copley Radio Program. Hour number two of our broadcast. Over on the text line, I think more people at Fox are closet liberals than we know. They're all mostly lawyers who've had tons of classes and hours of training on how to argue points of view they don't personally agree with. To most of them, it's about making money, personal, professional status. Why do you think when the truth comes out about some of them, they all move over to mainstream media outlets and immediately fit right in? And we have this detractor. You sound like you hope the House goes right back to dim control. I wish conservatives like you would fight the Democrats as hard as you fight other conservatives. What conservative am I fighting? Can you tell me? What conservative? Name one. Name a single solitary one. (sighs) The Trump blank suckers in Congress will listen to Trump. Watch and see. Chris out of Shelby. Uh, it's so sad you boost up people who act in bad faith and never compromise to make any progress. Folks, I'm not even going to read the rest of this stupid text. We have been compromising with these people for decades. What do we have? A country that's heading toward bankruptcy and insolvency. Is that what you want to compromise with? If that's you, go do it. That's not what I'm about. This is nauseating. I really can't believe some of you. This is sad. It really is. Let's keep listening to Lauren Boebert. You heard her make the argument here that Kevin McCarthy's basically following Nancy Pelosi's lead to make sure he holds on to power. See, if that's your concern, if you're concerned about a vacate... Vacate the speaker. 
motion. If that's a concern of yours the very beginning, stay the hell away from the speaker chair because it tells me you don't belong there. So Brett Beer continues and he plays a clip of Marjorie Taylor Greene and Dan Crenshaw, who are very, very critical of these detractors. Let's listen to their comments. Lauren Boebert, under $2 million from Kevin McCarthy to get elected. Many more people have taken Kevin McCarthy's money to get elected, and then there's a few of them that don't want to support him as speaker. Some of the reasons that these people have for not voting for McCarthy are unbelievably petty. Unbelievably petty. This is about showmanship. This is about notoriety. It has nothing to do with the conservative agenda. What is that conservative agenda, by the way? Please tell me. Well, here is Ms. Boebert's reaction to what these two detractors had to say. Well, there are laws in this building that prevent me from going too far into detail, but I can say that I did not receive any help in that election, and uh, that was a very big deal. Um, we pay dues as members to the NRCC, and they were nowhere to be found. Um, and then as far as um, uh, our requests being petty, I don't think a secure border is petty. I don't think a term limits bill being brought to the floor, not demanded to pass, but brought to the floor so we actually have an option to vote on that is petty. McConnell, you're not saying that your other colleagues... You're not saying your other colleagues don't want a secure border or don't want a balanced budget, right? You're not saying that about your Republican colleagues. We haven't seen that demonstrated from leadership. We asked for the RSC, the Republican Study Committee's budget, be put forward. This is a budget that balances in seven years. And Kevin McCarthy told us no. This is the leadership that they are backing right now who is not for putting forward a balanced budget amendment. Okay. You see, again, Brett Baer can't shut up. See, what good are your policy positions if you've got a leader who won't freaking lead? That's what we're talking about. Do you hear what she's saying? I don't care what your position is on border security. But if you're not going to bring anything to the floor to vote on, shut the hell up and go home. Oh, this blows my mind. <laughs> my friend Sam texted it in. Feeling feisty today. I love it. Get him, Vinny. I'm, I'm, I'm serious, folks. This just drives me absolutely crazy. You need to understand here. The problem at the heart of this is the leadership. That's the bottleneck. You've got a public. You've got grassroots people who are ready to take this. They want to advance a conservative agenda. And at the top, I'm just going to be very blunt about it. You know what the goal is? Self-preservation. That's what this is about. Self-preservation. So the final clip from Lauren Boebert. The question is raised, how does all of this end? How does it? I'm voting for um, anyone who actually brings unity to the Republican Party and helps get our country back on track. And we have that? to actually govern on the things that we campaigned. Well, right now our candidate is Jim Jordan. This is he is a fighter. He is a leader. Um, he may not want it right now, but George Washington did not want to be president. He did what was right for his country. So do you think and Jim Jordan time, is the consensus candidate? 
Right now, he absolutely is. And every time that he speaks up um, to defend Kevin McCarthy, he actually just reaffirms why he would make a great speaker. And if you heard from him that he does not want it in any way, shape, or form, what do you say? Uh, I have heard that from him, and uh, if we have the numbers, then sorry, Jim Jordan, we're going to make you do what's right for the country. We love you. (laughs) She's basically saying, all right, Jim Jordan, if you don't want this, we're going to draft you anyway. (laughs) I think this is absolutely hilarious. And you know what I think is, uh, this was also going through my mind a few minutes ago. I think there's something refreshing about this. What's wrong with a battle? What's wrong with a contest? Why does this have to be a coronation? Why? There's no need. There's no need to just take the next person who's in line. You know, and I told you several years ago, one of my big beefs with the Republican leadership in the House when you look at the liberty scores of of all of them, I think several years ago when I when I went through the liberty scores of the entire leadership they were c's d's and f's the leadership and you wonder why nothing has really been done and this goes during the trump administration let's be honest economic policies awesome supreme court justices awesome truly getting our country back reducing the size of government not a darn thing And if we don't take that on and the spending, we've done nothing of consequence for the generations that will follow us. So that's what we need to consider is at stake here. This is not a personality contest. This is not about going along to get along. It's time for some fresh leadership. Fresh leadership. And by the way, if I can remember after the break... I'm praising the Democrats for something they've done. I'm going to talk about that much more as we continue our broadcast. I welcome your thoughts. Before I forget, I made a comment. I'm going to take some of your calls here about praise for Democrats. Let me tell you what I mean by that. And I mentioned this the other day. Nancy Pelosi has stepped aside. Jim Clyburn has stepped aside. Why? They've got new new leadership. Hakeem Jeffries. I don't support him. I don't support anything about the Democrat Party. They've allowed new, fresh leadership to emerge. New people, new faces, new energy. This darn Republican Party desperately needs that. And yes, I'm going to say it. I'm sick and tired of these tired, lazy, uninspiring white people. Yes, I said it. Why don't you find a strong conservative minority woman? Make that person Speaker of the House. No, I'm not playing identity politics. I'm just saying, do something daring, do something brave, do something courageous, do something creative. Stop drawing these boring, 
pastel people in front of me and telling me, follow this person. There's a story, a drudge link, and I promise I will get to your calls. I promise. But I'm looking at this. I haven't even read this story. I'm not going to read the story. It's about Mitch McConnell being the longest serving Senate leader. And I ask you the question, all of you Republicans out there, is he the longest serving Senate leader because you want him there? This is a very important question. How many of you within the sound of my voice are big, big fans of freaking Mitch McConnell? Why the hell is that man the Senate minority leader? Why is he still there? Can you explain that to me? What about him? Now, again, I give him credit where it's due. He did an awesome job getting judge, Supreme Court nominees through. Beyond that, worthless. Worthless. Participating in every single one of these omnibus bills, last-minute panic bills, same games in Washington, D.C. Folks, do you really want change? Put somebody who represents change in these positions and tell your member of Congress, tell your senator, the status quo is no longer freaking acceptable to you anymore. And you will not vote for them again if they do it again. That's what the Trump candidacy was all about. Forget about the person and the personality. They wanted to do a giant F you to the system. I get it. I've always gotten that. The problem is there's better, there, there better be much more than that behind it. I'll be glad to take your calls now. Let us go first out to the sprawling metropolis of Harrisburg, North Carolina, and Richard. Good morning, Richard. Hi, how you doing? Oh, right, wow. It's so great to hear you say that, yeah, the Republicans need to change their face a little bit. There's a lot of minorities, like myself, that uh, are conservatives. And why not have a minority face there, Republicans? Because it's a different game now. This is not 1960. we got a lot of minorities here that have the thinking of conservatism. Why not get them on board? we got to get more fish on this boat. That being said, uh, I, I'm so proud of the Congress people that are fighting. So we need this fight. We don't, we can't, th- this is like Mitch McConnell 2.0 again. <laughs> we need to stop with this nonsense and have the uh, 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 correct processes, rules, and um, uh, uh, checks and balances in place so we can get bills out there. And it seems to me that Kevin McCarthy is worried about Kevin McCarthy yep. and the uh, Mitch McConnell crew. You're absolutely right, Richard. I, I so appreciate your call. You're, man, you're right on the money. You're right on the money here. Let's uh, quickly go out to Dean in Fort Mill. Good morning, Dean. Good morning, Vince. Boy, I was just sitting here relaxing and on while I was on hold. And then all of a sudden, you really got me going. You said lazy, uninspired white people. And I thought, oh, boys, talk to my wife. Jeez. Oh, um, <laughs> Dean, come on. Come on. No. Hey, what, um, what are, you know, the, these people, if you go to Washington, it's like you're joining a fraternity. Yes. So it's, 
it's a fraternity and the voters don't get to you know we're not in the fraternity so these couple these people are trying to disrupt it and look at how they're being you know they're just being stoppled and crushed by the the fraternity of washington so how, how do you how do you get that other than you know making a wave and then being you know done away with how can you make that impact you're right on the head dean keep these people there or what that and this is exactly how the system works dean i so appreciate your call you've hit this on the head this is a freaking fraternity and guess what you're not a member and your input and your perspective really doesn't matter because again i ask you the question if you had a vote if you were in Washington, D.C. right now and 12 noon strikes and vote number four for Kevin McCarthy comes up, how many of you? I'm listen to me, folks. Let's let's go where the rubber hits the road. Let's go and find 435 random Republicans in this fruited plane of ours, 435 of them. And we put them, <laughs> we put them in the Capitol and ask them the question, who do you want for speaker? How many people do you think there will be who will even pick? How many, how many people do you think will even vote for Kevin McCarthy? Do you think he'll get even one vote? One. That's my question. What is the vote now? 222? So, okay, let's find 222 random Republicans. How many of them out in the fruited plain would say, ooh, I really want Kevin McCarthy to be the Speaker of the House? Folks, this is a no-brainer. <laughs> this really is <laughs> a no-brainer. But when you're in the atmosphere of Washington, D.C., and the echo chamber... And everybody comes together because we've got to keep the fraternity going. You know, in that world, this is what you've got to do. You don't want to step outside of that. People might think you're one of those people, you know, those people we don't invite to our dinners. <laughs> Much more as we continue the broadcast. Stay with us. I promise we will get to more of your calls. Uh, a lot of people really stirred up about this. I want to I want to go back to something I said a few minutes ago. And I know this has disturbed some people. In fact, I want to share a couple of items on the text line as a lead into this. This text is really right in the money. Vince, this is not ideological. These are flawed human beings who are struggling with their comfort zones, lust for power, and personal enrichment. To expect statements, statesmanship from these small-minded people is just asking for a boatload of frustration. <laughs> Alan, out of Gastonia, you have hit it right on the head. And I'm just being honest here and saying, and I've said this across the board about a number of things in this season of my life, I've learned the best thing to do is to not have expectations so you're not disappointed. And it works very well in Washington. 
This texter says Lauren Boebert would be a better speaker than McCarthy. I hope Jordan gets it. Vince, I love you and agree 100% with needing new leadership. You need to breathe and count to 10. I'm worried you're going to pop a blood vessel. (laughs) This is what I want to respond to. Is the color of their skin the problem or their belief system the problem? You're perpetuating the same racist shot that the mainstream media has been giving us for years. I truly hope you get taken off this radio station. Come on, get a life. See, I want to ask you a question, sir or ma'am, who sent this text to me. You may really enjoy what you're watching, but I got news for you. This country is not getting whiter. It's getting darker. And if you want the future of this country, if you want this country to survive, one of the things you darn well better do, you better be a part of helping to tap into and reach the growing diverse population in this country. Because if you don't, if you're counting on lily white people to, quote, save this country, you will be sorely disappointed. And here's here's the thing that really frustrates me. I think there are a lot of receptive minorities out there. One of the things that's going to help is to hear more and more of those people and see more of those people in the forefront. See, the problem, part of the problem with what the media and these politicians say about Republicans and racism and white people, you folks don't help by making the face of this party so white. Look at it. Just ask yourself the question. Look at it. Look at the leadership structure. What does it tell you? It speaks volumes. Now, I believe the Democrat Party panders. But I believe the Republicans, many of you have your heads in the sand. And you're getting run over. Now, to his credit, Donald Trump made a lot of inroads during his presidency, during his campaign into minority groups. And one of the reasons, he's performed. He delivered. All of us, no matter our background, did better under Donald Trump than certainly we're doing under Mr. Magoo right now. I'm just saying we need new packaging, new faces, new energy. What's wrong with that? We got to speak to the elephant in the room. Why don't we take this card off the table for the Democrat Party? And I mean blow it off the table. In fact, I'll put this challenge out there. Because I think what really needs to happen is those folks who are in leadership need to step back and they need to find people who are diverse, different than themselves and say, hey, I want to get behind you. I want to get behind you and I want to see you promoted. You can do much more and you can reach more people than I ever can. You need to reach the kinds of people that we're not reaching now. That's what I'm saying. So this is not about me and what I like. This is what you have to understand. This is not about my preferences. This is about positioning ourselves for the future. 
if we want to do that? That's the question. I've got to share this post with you. In time permitting, we'll take more of your calls up till the top of the hour. I love this item from Babylon B. Republicans gather in Congress to vote on who will fail the voters this time. <laughs> Today, Republicans in Congress are gathering to vote for their preferred politician who will let the voters down over the next two years. This is an honorable tradition where we come together as team players to choose the one man who will most effectively preserve our power while doing the opposite of everything we promised our voters and spending trillions of dollars, said Representative Dan Crenshaw. Anyone who opposes our pick is anti-American. At publishing time, Republicans had considered just electing a Democrat, Speaker of the House, since there isn't much difference anyway. Wow. How many of you feel that? This is Babylon B. This is brutal. But it's so true, isn't it? <laughs> Let's quickly go out to call here from Jackie. Got about a minute, Jackie. Take it away. I'll make it quick, Vince. I was worried about you for a while there, man. I'm hopefully, hoping you're checking your blood pressure, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, but, but, but I guess I got two questions for you, man. Have you ever considered becoming an independent and how do you think this stuff is going to all turn out, man, at the end? I strongly uh, consider that all the time, Jackie. Uh, by the way. Should. I think you should, man. I think these white people are driving you crazy. <laughs> well, I don't. Come on. Let, let's, let's, let's go easy on the whole racial aspect of this, Jackie. I know, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, I, I know you are. I know you are. I, I want you to hold on the line as well because I would like to get some information from you and, and, and engage further on this. Uh, let me just say this. How does this end? I, I don't know. I hope there's a battle, and I hope there's a consensus candidate that emerges that's different. That's what I hope comes out of this. As for me in the future, uh, independent, um, that's a strong possibility. I might very well do that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think at some point, um, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.